What's up, everybody? Um, we're going to let a few people come in here. Um, we are live on uh, YouTube and on Facebook, I believe, and uh, LinkedIn uh, on Dr. Rogers LinkedIn. Um, hope everybody is doing well. We're getting Dr. Rogers set up here. Um, he is... He's out of town, but uh, we're continuing the show. The show must go on. Uh, if you're here with us live, say uh, say hello. Talk to me a little bit. Um, hope all of you are doing well. Uh, I'm going to try to um, get to everybody's questions today, um, as well as uh, seems like, let's see here. Hello. I think Beverly's with us. Hello, Beverly. Um, glad to see you here. Um, hello, Lisa. Thank you for, uh, for being here. Um, thanks to everybody who comes out on Tuesday evenings. Um, we got some good questions here today. Uh, as you guys know, uh, the first half of the show is, uh, questions that came in throughout the week, um, through email, through, you know, through our social channels. And then the second half, we get into live questions. Um, so if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, go ahead and put that in the comments here and I'm going to bring Dr. Rogers in. Hey, nice hat. Hey Ben. Hey Ben. <laughs> it's not as good as yours, but as you can see, I'm out of town. Tell that. <laughs> Look in the background and I'll take the silly looking hat off. But as you can see, I've been playing a lot of pickleball this week. Is that, hey, your, is that your pickleball hat? Yeah, that's a pickleball hat. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's kind of fun. I've never played so much pickleball in my life. Are you it's sure? A, it's a new, it's a new sport for old, aging Americans. Man, I, I tell you what, I love some pickleball, and a lot of my friends are into it. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a, a younger person sport as well as uh, an extremely older person like yourself um, sport. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it is really. I took a tumble on the court yesterday that. <laughs> Head first tumble, I was diving for a shot and rolled into the back fence. And fortunately, didn't hurt myself, but um, now, uh, I, knew how to I knew how to roll. I think so. this is a very good question. Um, are you beating Bob and Lisa? Uh, how, how's that going? What's, um, the, what's the competition like? Well, actually, I'm not playing Bob and Lisa. You know, we're down at Hilton Head, and there's, I bet there's a thousand people on these courts. But no, you know, you play by skill levels, and they're on a lower Court. they're on the lower end they're so. not on a lower end i know they're on a higher they're end on than the you lower end and i'm up with the pro level so, <laughs> so yes if i was playing them i should be beating them but uh i i sincerely doubt that bianca um but but you know we'll see we'll see how uh how you're feeling at the the end of the week uh, but i'm pumped you're you're getting a a little r and r and i appreciate you coming on and and doing the show with us today um yeah like we, uh, like I was saying earlier, we got some, we got some great questions, um, and let's go ahead and get to them. And uh, let's see, Angela's already put in a question. Thank you for that, Angela. If you have a question, um, wherever you are, uh, whether that's, uh, and I, if I freeze up, I, I apologize. It's, it's, um, I'm in a, a different situation, so I got, I got to figure out uh, that. So if I freeze up, I apologize. I will figure that out. Um, Let's see here. Um, Angela or Angel says that Hilton Head is is their favorite. So uh, I agree. It's always been my favorite. Uh, I, as you can see in the background, it's quite beautiful today, and um, 
supposed to be that way all week. So, um, good evening, D. Lynn. Uh, good evening, Catherine. Uh, uh, I love seeing this. Had the best IV today. The hydration IV. That's awesome. Um, we we certainly to use one myself today after my second hour of pickleball because it was muggy on the court. But um, <laughs> I just got. Uh, some stuff that hydrated me, some IV in a bottle. The so. liquid IVs. Yeah. I good. love I love the liquid IVs. Um, okay, let's get to some questions here so we can get to the people who are with us live. Um, and we will, we're going to start the show, guys. All right, so the, the first question here uh, is, is referencing uh, the CoQ10 article today. Um, and the doctor's note on CoQ10, you mentioned someone telling you back in the early 80s about uh, this vitamin, and um, then the follow-up is that vitamin was CoQ10. Um, do you know of how that person, how their health is doing? And, uh, and I kind of know um, the background here. Um, why don't you, you talk a lot about the people that you talked with back, you know, 80s, 90s who were on vitamins. How is their health? What, what, give us kind of a, a synopsis there. Well, you know, I don't know how that person's doing today. Actually, it was a young athlete, a young dancer. Mm. And he told me, a professional ballet dancer, actually. Uh, we knew some people that were training ballet artists from all over the world. And um, he told me, I, I started talking to him for some reason. And uh, he told me he took this vitamin called CoQ10 and gave him incredible amounts of energy. Thought it was nuts, really. You know, at that point, I thought anybody taking a bomb was, you know, had a screw loose or something because they didn't work. You know, I uh, couldn't have been more wrong. So I don't know. You know, maybe he's now called Barishnikov or something. I don't know. I have no idea how he's doing, but I can tell you the patients I used to see back in the the mid '80s that came to my office taking all these vitamins, and I would try to talk them out of it because I knew nothing about them. And now I see a lot of them still, you know, in their nineties and, and they're healthy. You know, yeah. so I can give you a lot of examples of that, but this one specifically, I don't know, but it took me a lot of years before I finally, it's became mainstream with CoQ10 and, um, you know, I started taking it myself and it's definitely a go-to if you're, if you are tired for sure. Um, and the, and the PQQ, which may be as mainstream as CoQ10 is now, this works really well with it. The CoQ10 helps your mitochondria, which is those little energy factories in every cell of your body. They make them work better. They make them pump out more ATP, adenosine triphosphate, uh, which is the energy molecule. Um, but what PQQ does, it, it actually helps your body make more mitochondria. So I uh, certainly added PQQ a couple years ago and always take them together. Um, let's, I, I want to, anytime that, uh, that you have a question about that, what we're currently talking, I'm going to try to get to it because it kind of, uh, this is a great follow-up question to the CoQ10 question. Um, Catherine asks, CoQ10, is it okay to take with blood thinners? You've got to watch it with Coumadin. Um, and certainly if you're on, uh, Eliquist or some of the other blood thinners, but just an aspirin or fish oil, it's fine to take it with it. So if you take it with Coumadin, not a lot of people take Coumadin anymore. Um, watch your protons, get your blood checked, you know, a week or two after you 
take, start taking it. Um, same thing with a medicine like uh, Eliquist, um, which is a lot more common now, a lot safer than Coumadin. You might want to just make sure you're not bruising or something, but uh, it's not going to affect it, I don't think, except for Coumadin. Watch out for Coumadin. All right, let's go to the to the next question. Um, we had an email come in. Uh, uh, thank you to everyone who's on our email list. Um, uh, asking about your, your baby aspirin recommendation, is it still, are you still recommending it, the 81 milligram? Um, they sent a, um, a link to an article, um, and for some reason it wasn't pulling up on my computer. Uh, and I don't know if it was like refuting uh, baby aspirin or anything like that. Have you have has anything changed on your end? There's always kind of a you know, there's pros and cons. There's studies that come out and say it doesn't work. Um, it's not a, that effective for preventing heart disease. And certainly, you know, the controversy is just really at what age you may need to stop taking it. We know it works to protect your heart, but then your blood. So it doesn't coagulate and form clots, strokes, and heart attacks. Um, but um, it certainly makes your blood more thin, can make you bruise. And if you reach a certain age and you're falling all the time, you, you could actually hit your head and it could cause a bleed on your brain. So if you're that bad off, you might consider not taking it. So there, I mean, there's healthy people, 90 years old, I would tell to take it. And there's, there's unhealthy people at 70 that I worry about falling that I would say, don't take it. Um, mm. so, but we also know that it reduces, uh, the incidence of colon cancer by about 40%. And, you know, the, these are studies that, um, there's always another study coming out. So you just got to keep updated on it. But I know all my cardiology friends take it and I've certainly been taking it since I was age 40. You know, here I am at 66. I haven't bled out yet. So, um, yeah. Anyway, it, uh, so I still recommend it unless I, I haven't seen you haven't forwarded me the study. I always look into things and or, you know, I use common sense if, if I've used it all these years and I just haven't seen a problem with it. I've seen people that had real thin skin that were older that, you know, bruised too much with it. And I've seen a few nosebleeds probably caused by uh, aspirin. Um, so it's all risk versus reward and mm -hmm. it's not, may not be for everybody. Yeah. Like I, anything. I, I think, you know, we did a, um, a common sense MD episode on, on the 81 milligram aspirin and, and that was kind of what I got out of it was you have to, you know, measure the risk versus the rewards. And for, for many, many people, um, the rewards, uh, outweigh the risk. Um, that is, that's on the YouTube channel as well as on our website. Uh, if you guys just search, um, aspirin, it should come up. And a lot uh, of times too, you, you know, you get, um, something that's really innocuous, it's safe for the most part. And, you know, it's tried and true and you'll get a study probably funded by a pharmaceutical company that wants you to use their thousand dollar drug or something. So you got to look at the. Who does the study if they're if they're on the payroll of some of these other things as a speaker or, you know, advisor or anything else. So you always have to take it with a grain of salt. That's why they always try to come out and say, well, vitamin D is not that good. Everybody knows vitamin D is good for you. There's hardly 
a doctor in the world that wouldn't tell you that now. But, you know, there are a lot of people that came out and said, you know, it's not that effective. So you're always going to see a study, you know, refuting something. Either, you know, they're wound up too tight or don't want you to take something that's dirt cheap and beneficial for you. So... Uh, um, Bianca is saying that it, that it was in the the Wall Street Journal today. There, I, I didn't see that, um, but I didn't either. You know, I get the Wall Street Journal yeah. in here. I'm not getting it down here, so I'll I'll, okay. I'll look it up on my. Okay, I'll look at that. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, um, and the email I got was about. I think it was in the the Herald or something, but it seems it was in the Wall Street Journal today. So there must have been something that came out uh, about aspirin. So uh, if anything changes, guys, we'll we'll certainly. Uh, give you an update and and out of curiosity like what does what causes you to kind of perk your ears up you know in terms of because you like you said there's always a study coming out that you know says something what makes you kind of um, perk your ears up a little bit more and, and go a little bit more down that rabbit rabbit hole um experience with patients observational you know, yeah I mean observational studies and experiences of doctor you know, if, if we've used it this many times, this many, I've used it personally on hundreds of thousands of patients and I just don't see a problem with it. So I don't know why it would all of a sudden come out and, you know, be dangerous, but it'd be a shot. I'll look, I'll look at that t tonight for sure. But so, cool. um, all good. right, let's get to, let's get to the next question here. Uh, real quick. Uh, thank you, Andy and, and Margaret. Uh, we appreciate you, uh, watching. Um, we appreciate you guys hanging out and uh, taking in some of the some of this content. Um, okay, let's go to the next uh, question that came in through the week. Uh, this came again through email. Uh, now that I'm taking vitamin C slash quercetin, the first one of the day, first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, should I take the zinc with that C on the empty stomach or later in the day? Um, I would take zinc with the food because if you don't, it'll like you nauseated. And that's, that's the main reason because it's, it's pretty nauseating to people on an empty stomach unless you have like a lead stomach. Um, so, yeah, the quercetin vitamin C combination is really good. Uh, first thing in the morning um, and zinc with a meal. So um, the, the it's not going to hurt you to take your C with a meal either. Um, but... You know, it's water soluble, so probably better absorbed on an empty stomach. But so the the zinc doesn't have to necessarily be taken with the quercetin, uh, because I what, no. what I'm what I'm assuming because um, we have talked a lot about how quercetin is the right. is the the ionophore, the thing that helps the zinc get to right. the cells. You don't have right. to take it together. Is what we're no. Getting. I'd, I'd rather have the quercetin on board first anyway. So okay, it's a good question. Okay, cool. All right, thank you for that question. Um, all right, let's get to, to this one here. Um, are you familiar with uh, thiamine tetrahydrofurfural disulfide, TTFD, a derivative of thiamine? Um, and then I'll ask a follow-up question uh, after that. No, uh, I'm not familiar with that. You know, the form of thiamine that we use has been photamine, which um, is more absorbable about four times and just vitamin B1 thiamine. But no, I'm not really familiar with it too much. Uh, and what and what they, they did send some some follow-up information that you haven't gotten yet. So I'll make sure we might have to ask this question again once you get some follow-up information. So I'm assuming you don't know the answer to, to this one? Right, right, I don't. 
Okay. Uh, we will we'll put that on 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 hold there. Um, and and once he's uh, once he's got the kind of the background info, uh, we'll get back to that one. Um, okay, let's go to this one here. Um, can you please tell me if you need to take a break when taking quercetin? For example, four weeks on, one week off, etc. Or can it be taking taken daily with uh, no problems? You know, I take it daily without any problems. Um, you know, the vitamin C that I take has quercetin in it. Now, if you were to get COVID and you wanted to have a little bit more uh, quercetin, which I would recommend, also will pop the dose of zinc up too if you have COVID. So, um, and usually I tell people to give a break, like one day a week break from um, any vitamin. Just take them six days a week or, you know, you could do one week off if you want it, but I don't think it'll bother you. If it bothers your stomach or something, um, you could do it, but, um, or have some kind of side effect. I just, I don't think I've ever seen that side effect from, I guess it could make you nauseated if you had too high a dose of it. Um, like and, any I, vitamin. and I believe, um, I'm taking 500 milligrams, I, b- I believe. Uh, yep. um, okay. Let's go to the, to the next one here. How much zinc is okay to take daily? Um, 50, certainly. You wouldn't want to take more than 100 for sure because it'll start depleting your copper levels. So, um, you know, 50 is a good, a good, good, good milligram of that. Uh, for some people that um, it bothers your stomach even with food, what some it does, you drop to 30. There's a 30 milligram tablet. So, so definitely not over 100. Not only take 100 if, um, uh, you know, I had COVID or had a reason to because of the copper. And then at, at that time, you need to start, start taking some copper or trace minerals uh, as well. And remember, don't, when you take copper and zinc, don't take them together. They compete with each other. So space them out a little bit. And, and what he's referring to, guys, is um, we, we did an article on, on the website about um, how to space out some of these vitamins. And one of the key things to space out was uh, copper as well, copper and, and zinc. And there's a few more that you don't want to take together. Magnesium and the minerals mostly. Um, so check out that article guys, if you want to, um, dive a little bit deeper on, uh, when to take some of these vitamins that we're recommending. Um, okay. So that's going to do it for the questions that came in. Um, sometimes I miss them. Uh, so, uh, if I did, if I missed your question and you're here with us live or, uh, listening on the podcast later on, uh, shoot me an email and just say, hey, you missed my question uh, or put question in the in the subject line and that'll catch my eye. Uh, I normally go through that to, tonight and tomorrow morning uh, and we'll get you on next, next week's show. Um, OK, so we're going to get to uh, the live comments here. Um, I'm going to start with with one that came in. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, it came in on on Facebook as a comment and I thought it was a really um a really good comment here. Um, let's see if I can find it. Um, well, All right, I'm going to look for it and, and then I'll, I'll get back to, uh, I'm going to get to these live questions and then I'll get to it. Uh, okay. Um, let's get to Angela's question. Is there such a thing as a good multivitamin? I had five people in my household, including teens and a grandparent that lives with us. Um, 
that's a lot of supplements to keep up with. <laughs> uh, so what, what I'm assuming they're talking about is can a multivitamin take care of, you know, a lot of this stuff? You know, instead of having to take a lot of individual vitamins, and Angela, if I'm, if I'm wrong there, uh, just uh, put a comment there and I'll, we'll, we'll correct it. I'll correct myself. Yes, yeah, certainly if you only had, well, if I only had one vitamin to take, it'd be vitamin D. But uh, certainly the multivitamins in the top five. So, yeah, if, you know, if you don't want to spend the money or, you know, swallow that many pills, um, then a good, yeah, there is such a good thing as a good multivitamin because it has all the minerals, the, the things, that, the trace minerals, the, it has the bees in it. It has a little bit of everything, just probably not as much as you might want for optimal health. Um, again, the best thing to do is eat great diet. Um, and you know, another good way you could do this, you could always, um, drink something like athletic greens. That's a good little supplement with a lot of beneficial things in it as well. Um, it's just hard to eat that many vegetables, but, um, and that's, so I certainly take a lot of vitamins. So, you know, one of the, one of the comments that we're getting quite a bit on uh, of, and this is the question I was re referring to, um, on one of our posts last week, uh, we referenced uh, kind of a starter list of recommended vitamins, and then a multivitamin came up, and the question was, so you take a multivitamin plus all of the other supplements, uh, they seem, you know, concerned about taking too much of something. Uh, so for the people who are, who are listening who might be concerned about taking too much vitamin or too many vitamins, what's your, what's your response to that? How do, they, how do they manage that? Well, I don't think you, like, you can never have enough, enough beach time, right? You can't have enough time. Nobody's ever died of a vitamin overdose. So, you know, vitamins are safe. Um, it's just, um, you might want to go refer to your video with Jeff Thomas, uh, you know, that you did uh, outside the box on. He's such a vitamin expert. Um, but it'd be very hard to, to get too much of a vitamin. I'm trying to think, you know, of course you can make yourself sick. You could make yourself nauseated, but your body has an intrinsic way of, you know, letting you know when something's too much, uh, certain people could take too much calcium. If they have kidney stones, it could precipitate a kidney stone. Um, so, um, it's all individual, but certainly a multivitamin is a great thing to take, starting when, when you're a kid, and a probiotic as well. Kids should take probiotics too. Um, and when you're on a good probiotic, you know, it should help you be able to tolerate more of these vitamins on your digestive system. I mean, I take a lot of vitamins, and they don't bother my stomach. Um, and sometimes I've had, you know, kind of a queasy stomach in the past until... I take this great supplement called Digest Shield, of course. It really makes things tolerable and uh, great. So that's a great question. Great question. Yeah, and, and, and guys, if you want to follow up on that, just uh, put in the comments. We'll try to try to get to that because I know that's a big question. We're, uh, especially in this, um, we're, we're doing a, a Stay Healthy Protocol series and we're recommending a lot of vitamins. And uh, so if the concern is taking too much, we'll uh, be sure to talk a lot about that. Because uh, I wish you I wish you could blend them all together as a matter yeah. of fact one day i told you i keep telling you i did that i poured them all on a blender from a smoothie i didn't know you did that it tasted so bad it was unbelievable i had to throw it out so <laughs> it was awful tasting so 
if some company could come up with, you know, fairly high doses of vitamins, they could mix more together and you could drink it. It'd be awesome. But I haven't seen one of those yet. I, I think the big thing is, is taking the ones that need to be taken with food, like a zinc um, or a D. And then uh, and also, I mean, anyone that needs to be taken with food is going to make you feel better. Uh, but spacing them out is a big deal for, or has been a big deal for me. Um, okay, so Edna says, is it safe to take a meloxicam long-term? For the most part, yeah. You know, meloxicam is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. It was developed, um, and there's another common one called Celebrex. Uh, those are both commonly used. They're nice because they're once a day. You know, if you have ibuprofen or naproxen, which are the other two most common ones, you're going to, uh, have to take several, you know, at least two doses um, uh, instead of just one and, and several tablets. So you can take one 15 or 7.5 or 15 milligram meloxicam and it's very, it's, it's okay for long-term use as long as you're getting your blood work and checking your liver and your kidney function. Uh, so if you have compromised kidney function, um, which is more concerning than your liver on this medicine then uh, you got to be careful about it so if you're one of those people that has high blood pressure and borderline renal function like with the creatinines that are kind of equivocal pushing up a little bit you got to be careful with it so again any kind of pain medication like that it's best to take on an as-needed basis um, and certainly give it breaks um, so um, from a practical standpoint, I found that I mean, I've taken Mobic too. I mean, um, in the past, it doesn't bother your stomach for the most part. And once a day, it's it works pretty well. It's not real potent, you know. It's uh, but it certainly is pretty effective for people with chronic inflammatory conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, etc. Unless you have to go with the big guns, you know, you know like methotrexate and Humira and all those things. But um, so it's pretty safe. It really is. It's, uh, but keep an eye on your blood work. That's all I'll tell you for sure. All right. Let's get to a, another one here. Um, let's go to YouTube. Um, Ruel asks, if someone doesn't have a gallbladder, should they be taking some digestive enzymes? For sure. Yeah, definitely. When you get your gallbladder removed, you don't store bile very well. And bile emulsifies fats. So when you have a gallbladder removed, uh, you'll notice that um, you'll have a lot of loose stools. Really, the, the next day, my brother and father, both general surgeons, they took out a ton of gallbladders. They always told me they put people on extra fiber or cholestyramine to help combat those loose stools. but. Digestive enzymes, which you have now, work really well. The, that's the beauty. One of the beauties of uh, Digest Shield, which is one of the main ingredients in there, is digestive enzymes, and certainly you break down fats and proteins, um, and even carbs better than you would if you didn't have that in there. So, definitely. Oh, great question. Right. Let's see here. Um, all right, let's go to uh, another uh, Bueno, uh, Ryan on Facebook. Uh, if I don't, oh, so this is the same. I, I'm assuming this is the same person. Uh, so that's the same, same question there. 
Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll, we'll do this. Now, we'll keep this very, uh, hopefully, non-controversial. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you put that up there? Uh, hey, here's my belief as far as vaccines go. And I want to kind of evade the question. Um, but I think it's your own choice as to whether or not you need to be vaccinated or not. If you're healthy and, you know, you've got no reason to fear um, COVID, um, your, your own immune system should be able to fight it off. So if you're healthy and you're uh, not compromised with obesity or low vitamin D or diabetes or maybe hypertension, heart disease, um, obesity is the main one I'd be real certainly think about it but um you know so I, i'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means straight there's a lot of people that should take it i won't say everybody should take it people that have had um anaphylaxis to a shot like i have might want to think twice before they get one or bad reactions to vaccines or flu shots or other things so you know it, my opinion it's it's your own business whether or not you get a vaccine uh you know, it shouldn't be forced on on anybody, in my opinion. So that's just my own freedom of we live in America. It's life is supposed to be free here. So um, I would certainly encourage you to take a stand and do what you think's right for your own body. You know, unfortunately, you may have to have a passport to do anything. But, um, you know, yeah, and, and I think. And we are, we're, we're trying to stay clear from, from some of the vaccine questions just because it is, it's very controversial and sometimes uh, it can, it can get misinterpreted and, and, you know, as, you know, as we're uh, talking about here, we're certainly not uh, advocating that people shouldn't get it or, you know, or should. Uh, it's all, it's, it's very um, unique. Uh, it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Um, so uh, we'll probably keep it at that. Uh, yeah. And we'll, uh, but thank you for that. Like, thank you for that question, because I, I know um, we've talked a lot about COVID-19 and, um, and, you know, we've certainly treated quite a bit of it as well. It's a um, it's such a uh, gosh, terrible um, illness. It's, uh, you know, uh, that unfortunately has caused a, a huge divide. And, um, so anyways, uh, we'll stay away from the from the vaccine questions from here on out. So I just wanted to put that up there because we have gotten a few over the last couple of weeks and um and that's kind of our stance but, on it but i will tell you this uh make sure that if you do get covid that you seek early treatment mm -hmm. that's one of the main things and there's more early treatments now um including monoclonal antibodies and you know there may be a, another oral medication you can take for it instead of an infusion or a subcutaneous shot but seek early treatment and um you know if you do get covid um I think by now we've almost all been exposed to it. It's, it's still, you know, it seems like it's slowing down a little bit, but there's still a lot of it out. I mean, you know, I get calls every day, even down here on vacation. Uh, even I treated four cases today <laughs> on vacation, you know, so, um, you know, that were patients of mine. But uh, so it's still around, but, um, you know, and it usually seems about half are and half aren't. That's about what I'm treating right now. Um, okay, Remy asked, what vitamins or combination of vitamins would you recommend for my 12-year-old daughter? Uh, she weighs between 95 and 100 pounds. Yeah, I, I would think um, 
um, definitely I would use a good multivitamin. I would take probably a little uh, extra D and C and a probiotic. That's probably all she needs. And to eat well, of course, that's the most important thing. Um, eliminate sugar and junk food. Take it from somebody who's raised two diabetic kids since they were nine and 12. Uh, you know, make sure their diet's really, really good. Um, um, all right, thank you for that, Remy. Um, next question is, uh, probiotics can give me a lot of gas. Are earthbound probiotics better than regular? Um, looks like there might be a follow-up, but I'm not seeing anything, Catherine. So if there is, uh, let me know. Um, yeah, of course, they can. It just depends. Everybody's different. I mean, I found that I could tolerate 30 billion CFUs, colony-forming units, that's the measure how potent these probiotics are, but it's really not the amount, it's the quality of them. You know, one time I decided I want to get a one with a lot more oomph to it. This was back in the days before I knew about Digest Shield or it was even around, but so I, I popped it up to 60 or 80 billion CFUs and it, it gave me cramps and everything, gas, terrible. So um, obviously I couldn't tolerate that. So I would get one that um, has prebiotics in it, has digestive enzymes. Again, try Digest Shield, um, and it, you know, just just play around with it a little bit. But I've I just hardly seen maybe one person that Digest Shield didn't work for real well. They had a lot of other pre-existing gut problems that need to be um, dealt with. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, change your probiotic for sure. Um, all right. Uh, let's go to Allison. Um, Allison asks, how many milligrams of benfotamine a day? Um, I'd start out at one milligram. Um, you could go up to five. But uh, I, think that's, I think that's what we carry in, in the office. Oh. So. Thank you for that, Allison. Uh, D. Lynn says, I've been exposed multiple times, even slept with my husband a few nights that he had COVID. I had my antibodies checked and was negative. Okay, that must be a comment. Um, yeah, I don't know why some people get it and some people don't. Um, it's just crazy how, how it is. Um, I think maybe 15 to 20% of people just don't get it. Um, and hopefully they won't get the mutations either. You know, the mutations have been around for a while now. And I hope the mutations get less and less virulent as time passes. That's usually what happens. So, I, and again, I don't think that the, um, the Delta variant was any more virulent than the first one that came around, the Alpha. Um, so, and the, the Mu variant, I don't think is... Uh, I'm hoping it, it won't even bother us. I think it's 1% and it's not taken on like the Delta did. So uh, I, there's a glimmer of hope here that we're, you know, maybe uh, kind of getting over the rough part. But we'll see. The, the, the deal is they'll take care of your own immune system. You know, most people that, some people get really sick with it and die. I mean, really, you know, as you know, we had a, a one of our relatives that passed, um, and I've, I've known a couple others that did. 
but um, certainly take care of yourself and get early treatment. I want to, I want to put this in here just because we just, we just answered, this is the benfotamine question. Um, ours is 250 milligrams package says take up to four a day. Is that kind of what you're recommending for, for two man? Is, if that's, if that's the one I ordered, man, I was way off on that one. Maybe <laughs> it's the beach. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm not in the medical mood down here. <laughs> so yeah, well, look at, look on the, on the thing that we ordered. So yeah, I don't know why I was thinking it was, um, I'll check on that, but, uh, what yeah, we- I always go, I always go by what the package says, but start out low. I always start out. I start at minimal, you know, I don't, I don't, um, so would you say, would you say for Allison, just take one, one of the two fifties per day? If, it, if that's what uh, they are, it's the Ben yeah, uh, yeah, that's what I would do. Um, unless you have a, a real problem that you're trying to deal with. Like if you're dealing with uh, long COVID or something, start out and then work your way up for sure. But, uh, I'll have to, Check and what we'll what we'll do is we'll we'll um we'll respond to this comment, uh, Allison, with the with the exact one that we've been uh, recommending in office. And I'll put this up here for for Catherine. Um, apparently, Catherine has SIBO. Um, any any suggestions uh, as far as probiotics uh, for people with SIBO? Yeah, well, you need to get the SIBO treated first. Um, you know, and that includes getting rid of your your probiotics while you're treating it. Um, you know, you, with SIBO, you're going to need a, um, an antibiotic, uh, like rifaximum or something. You probably ought to get, you know, the GI map test, a stool study, and then you have to just almost start over again. So if they blow up your stomach, um, you know, you need to start from square one again. If you've been treated for SIBO and they still blow up your stomach, then you need to get a GI map to see what kind of. Uh, microbiome you're dealing with um, so that that requires a little further work up see see can be rough <clears throat> uh, the the gi map um we didn't explain this episode Catherine. uh on the gi map it just explains exactly what it is i think there's even a um we we did a a demo of it or something where we went over a, a patient results um in that video, I think it might have been my brother Andy. Um, so or Robin Riddle, so good with uh, it's uh, probably Robin. Well, I think Robin was going over Andy's results. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, Ro- Robin's the expert with the GI map, and and she did uh, and explained this episode on it that uh, was super informative. So if you want to check that out, I'd uh, highly encourage it. Um, okay, so let's let's get to to over to YouTube here for the YouTube family, uh, Lisa B. I have MVP regurgitation. I've been taking one to 25 milligrams of Toprol XL daily for 20 years. Is there any medication safer uh, or is there damaging effects of this drug for taking it so long? No, you know, mitral valve prolapse, which I have myself, is just a normal variant. Um, probably 20% of people have it and don't even know it. We used to say you had to go, had to take antibiotic prophylaxis before dental cleanings, et cetera. Now you don't need that. Um, but so you must have had some um, side effects from having mitral valve prolapse. Some people, you know, do have more palpitations, a little more anxiety, et cetera, um, with that. And maybe more of a tendency to clot. So you probably, 
want to be taking a baby aspirin unless the Wall Street Journal tells me something different. And, I said, and we, we, we actually have, we, uh, I think it was Bianca who put it in the comments. So we'll, we'll definitely check that out. Oh, um, I know. Yeah, I'm definitely, I'll read that tonight. But um, so Toprol is a beta blocker. That's, you know, very low dose of a beta blocker. And certainly you can take a beta blocker for the rest of your life. It's safe. It's not going to hurt you. It can make you tired. Um, but it's not going to damage you, you know, if it's protecting your rhythm and your heart rhythm, then, then fine. Um, so yeah, if it's working for you with those topics, keep taking it. Um, thank you for that question over on YouTube, Lisa. And I, I want to put this up here just cause, um, I love seeing, uh, Mike in here. Uh, Mike, Mike says that he's taken a thousand milligrams, uh, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., so so 12 hours apart for diabetes neuropathy, and uh, they're referring to benfotamine. Yeah, um, right, right. So if that, hopefully that helps some people. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, I'll think, maybe I'll think in a gram instead of a milligram, but anyway, yeah. Mike and Marty know what they're doing. Um, Mike and Marty, thank you for, for being here. Thank you for uh, putting in that comment. Uh, guys, if you guys have uh, comments like that, that helps the community. Uh, that helps us. Uh, so, so we certainly appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Um, I, I love Keto Bandito. Uh, Keto Bandito is in the house. Great uh, name. Thank you. I'd really like to, I'd like to meet the Keto Bandito. I would love to meet the Keto Bandito. It'd be like a dream of mine if I could meet the Keto Bandito. I love that this. Would be, maybe I, something else. I, maybe I, someday. I have a feeling he is super healthy. He, he read the CoQ10 video or looked at the CoQ10 video early, earlier. Thank you for that. Yeah, 62 and walk daily, but my pulse is... High normal at 80 beats per minute. Will CoQ10 lower that possibly? Possibly. It sure can. I hope your blood pressure is good too. Some people just run a higher heart rate than others with no explanation of it at all. I mean, they're athletic they're and all, and they just run a little bit higher. Of course, I'm sure you're getting your thyroid and everything else checked. Um, um, yeah, I don't. Hopefully, you don't have POTS syndrome. Usually, when I see POTS, you have, you have a much higher heart rate um, than that. But yeah, there's a lot of good evidence that CoQ10 can lower heart rate, lower blood pressure, and help migraines if you take it consistently over a long period of time. Uh, certainly, give you more energy. Um, thank you for that, Keto Bandito. Appreciate you being here as always. Um, and thank you for watching uh, the CoQ10 uh, Common Sense MD. Um, all right, let's get to, let's see uh, here. Bianca asked a good question, uh, as she always does. Would you say seek early treatment even if mild to no symptoms of COVID? Yeah, I would. I would because, you know, the thing about the, the sequence that COVID takes place, the first phase is the viral phase. That's about lasts about five days. That's when you have viremia, the viruses is giving you symptoms like cold symptoms or, you know, sore throat, sinus, cough, fever, chills, aches, you feel sick. Uh, but some people get, have very mild, all they, they lose taste and smell, they may not lose it, but they, they just feel mildly ill or their spouse has it and they have minimal symptoms. Um, and that's like the people, I, the whole family I treat a day of four only one of them was really sick. The other one tested, the other three tested positive. They didn't feel, one of them felt no symptoms. The other two were maybe mild sore throat. But um, yeah, I do. But so the first phase of the illness is the viremia, which can be really mild. And, but the 
the bad part about it is even after you, if you're getting better day five to 10 and you get this inflammatory cascade setting off, in other words, you almost have a hyper reactive response to it. Uh, and then your lungs can get inflamed. And the third phase of that, after 14 days, you can form blood clots and those are what kills you. Um, so yeah, I mean, even if it's like, um, uh, of course I, I use a lot of that. I think Yaki you said the I word, you made it I word or ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. I use a lot of ice cream for it. I've been <laughs> taking ice cream prophylactically for a year now, but anyway, so I would definitely go on some ice cream and for it and then pop up your dose of C and D and start taking your zinc, start taking an H1 and an H2 blocker um, and some quercetin and H1, H2 meaning Pepsid and Zyrtec. And, uh, you know, if you start getting, of course, I hit it with Zithromax. If you get any symptom of a sore throat or sinus or cough, and then I usually don't like to add steroids until day five or so. Sometimes I've done it earlier if you're an asthmatic or you're really, your PO2s are dropping. So it's all individual. But, yeah, start early because sometimes it's just mild and boom, you're, you're pretty darn sick. So um, um, thank you for that question. And, and monoclonal antibodies also. Yeah. You know, nothing wrong with getting those. You think those are going to become more and more accessible for people? Yeah, they already are, the subcutaneous shots. Okay. Um, All right. Thank you for that, Bianca. That's a great question. I know a lot of people are thinking the same thing. Um, Evangelon asks, any way to cure interstitial lung disease? That's a tough one. That's a really, really tough one. Um, you can certainly treat it. I don't know if you can cure it. Um I always think, though, diseases are curable, whether, you know, it's by divine intervention or, or some of the newer medications. You'd have to, you know, if you have interstitial lung disease, you need to see a pulmonologist for sure and get the latest treatment. And certainly one way to cure it would be a lung transplant. Um, so, yeah, but that's tough. If you have that, you need to be seeing a specialist. Um, thank you for that, Evangeline. Um, guys, okay, I want to want to just clarify, or, or, or Keto Bandito put, blood pressure is okay, thyroid is a little weak due to mercury toxicity. Uh, does that change anything for you in terms of the CoQ10 and uh, heart rate, um, I believe, was, was their original question? Could it help uh, lower the um, pulse? Yeah, I mean, you certainly try it. I definitely, if your thyroid is a little weak, you need the CoQ10 anyway. Um, you might even throw a little iodine in there as well. I'm sure you've probably tried that and certainly do your mercury detox. Um, uh, but, um, great question. Yeah. Look, look at all the other parameters as well. All right. We're going to take one more question guys with, uh, with Carol here. Then we're going to, uh, call it, uh, an evening. Uh, Carol asks, is it okay to take both Pepsid AC and digest shield? Uh, if so, uh, what's your recommended timing? That's a great question. Yeah, definitely uh, it's okay to, to take both those. Uh, I take both of them every day during this COVID thing because I, I think taking um, uh, an H1 and H2 blocker may be slightly protective as well. So 
I know I've been taking both those, but I space them out. I mean, I've been taking both Pepsid AC and um, I've been taking a Zyrtec at night. So I would space the digestion out from the Pepsid AC, though. That's the only thing I would tell you. Um, and, and clarify what you mean by space, just just in term, just in case they haven't read well, that, that article. You know, I, I wouldn't take it more than six hours together. It wouldn't hurt you. It just may make the, the digestion not as effective. It changes the Pepsid AC is going to change the pH of your stomach uh, acid. So the great question. So I'd space it out at least six hours is a gut feeling. You know, there's no, no real studies about that probably, but that's what I would do. I uh, just because I, I love Randy and I'm so glad she's here. Uh, let's just, I'm get, glad she's here too. Let, let's get this. Randy, one. You know, if you know what I mean, I'm glad Brandy's still here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let, let, let's get to her question. How it has does, nothing to do with COVID either. So how does um, COVID test specifically test for COVID-19 and their variants? How does it not test for all coronaviruses, which the common cold, uh, which I assume still goes around? I just wonder if we are now just testing everyone when they have a common cold, too. What's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, that COVID test, um, you know, there's different types of antigen tests that they're looking for, but it actually checks for these DNA fragments from the particular type of SARS-CoV-2 um virus so it is pretty specific for that the problem is um they don't you know if you're in a hospital system they they can they can check for the mutations and all and there's no way any doctor is going to be able to tell you that and so it's only going to be the i guess the people at the cdc are going to have that access to that information i don't even think they would tell the, the doctors that are treating them well they don't know which mutation it is but on a lot of the testing too you know it could be because um it depends on what cycle threshold they run these tests at so you know they should run them at a cycle threshold of under 27 they'll pick up it'll be more specific you know when they run them at 40 which is what they were doing at first and they they may be still doing that in some places you know it picks up almost any coronavirus which is a common cold so i assume we had a lot of false positives so some of the numbers may have been overinflated probably were overinflated um so that's a great deep question about this testing which has been very bad that may be why that we were seeing some weird results in in people you know like um one of the people i treated today had Three, I don't know why they kept getting a test, but they had three negatives before they finally had a positive. You know, one of their kids had it, no symptoms. They had three negative tests, and then the fourth one came back positive. I don't know, and they were pretty close together, too. So, yeah, the testing's not that great. You know, you can be pretty assured that if you lose, if you're sick with flu like illness, and you, if you have, if you've lost your taste and smell, you pretty much have it. Uh, but, and you don't want to take a chance if you have a positive test from getting sick to avoid early treatment, especially when it's so safe to treat early. So but that is a great question. You know, that, that throws a lot of controversy into it. This whole thing has been very um, controversial, this whole COVID thing. And, you know, of course, um, they've gotten it wrong so many times. It's just hard to believe what they say. Um, 
I think they're making an effort to get it right, but they've gotten it wrong so many times with what to do and the advice they've given you that you almost kind of, you know, want to use your own common sense judgment on a lot of this stuff. But um, well, let's, great comment, though. Thank you for that, Brandon. We're going to take just this last one, guys, and then I promise we'll get to you first thing next week, if not in the comments uh, later on. Uh, this week here, Luana asks, recovering from heart slash lungs PE and still weak. Is an iron supplement a good idea? Um, if you're if you're low, if you're anemic, um, certainly wouldn't take it without testing. But, um, you know, if you lost a lot of blood, um, certainly. Yeah. I mean, you need to check your iron level, your ferritin level, your hemoglobin, the manicrit. But, yeah, I mean, sounds like COVID. Um, really got ran a rampage on you as it can and you're still still not feeling well it it, it may take you a while to recover but i would certainly do your other uh use your pro resolving mediators like high dose epa dha um you know i would certainly look at your vitamin d levels and uh um you know, all the other things that you need to be doing to recover from that um it can be quite complex, uh, especially if you develop something like POTS syndrome or any of those other sequelae. But, um, you know, um, you know, a lot of people take ice cream. That's the I word again mm -hmm. uh, to recover from from long COVID. But uh, I'm glad you're getting better. It sounds like hopefully that be patient. So so kind of just the iron supplement. Good idea. Um, just kind of depends is what I'm hearing. Yeah, get the let get yeah. If you're low on your iron, yeah. Okay. And this is the follow up. Uh, tested negative, but yes, lost a, a lot of blood. Yeah, you probably do. Yeah. Check those levels. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that, Luana. I, I want to get this in because you can answer this quick. How many times a day do you take the Pepsid and Digest Shield? I just take the Pepsid uh, and the Zyrtec one at night, uh, and. Digest Shield, I take it twice a day, 30 minutes before the two meals that I eat a day. Cool. Thank so. you for that, guys. Uh, thank you for that, Carol. Uh, guys, we are going to call it uh, call it an evening. Uh, Luana, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for the question. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for hanging out. D-Lynn, thank you. Keto Bandito. Uh, I just, he's just got such a good vibe to him. Thanks, guys. Aloha. Tell Aloha. Bianca I'm headed to the Redfish, which is been my favorite restaurant down here for years bianca so. bianca is still with us uh tell lisa hello uh tell lisa hello for me as well dr rogers um okay tell lisa and bob hey uh and I, I i hope you i hope you get to to their court uh in pickleball i hope you make it there i've already passed their court up man. Uh, there's no chance you've passed them up there's no chance <laughs> i got a new racket today you haven't seen one with the new racket it's graphite i didn't i, I didn't realize i was playing with a wooden paddle <laughs> I was like in the Stone Age. When you I got are. A decent paddle. I got a decent paddle. I started playing better. Uh, Heather, thank you so much for hanging out. As always, uh, we certainly appreciate you hanging out, Heather. Uh, guys, this has been a blast. Um, Dr. Roger, I'm going to let you go. Uh, grab some, grab some dinner. Um, we appreciate all of you. We love you. Thank you for hanging out with us on Tuesday. Thank you for adjusting to the six o'clock, uh, six o'clock start time. Uh, this week we're going to be back on, I believe, at seven o'clock. Uh, next week, uh, Tuesday, seven o'clock for another live Q and A show with Dr. Rogers. 
Uh, guys, if you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, to our YouTube channel. Yeah, subscribe to the that. YouTube channel. Uh, that's our one exactly the same thing. The, our one ask of the night. We had uh, we had three great videos go up this morning at 8 a.m. Uh, one of which I really hope you check out uh, called "Choose Your Vitamins" or "How to Choose Your Vitamins." Choosing your vitamins with uh, our good friend Jeff Thomas, who uh, is a retired uh, certified nutritionist who worked with Life Extension for a long time, and uh, I tell you that ca- that conversation was just fascinating. And and he's, I, and I'll tell anybody this: I've never spoke with anybody who talks about vitamins and supplements the way he does. So hopefully you guys will check that out and get a lot out of it. Um, we're gonna head out, Dr. Rogers. Thank you, man. Hey, thanks, man. All right, see you guys. You we love you. See you next time. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.